0: you are listening to lesbians on screen a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens this season we are delving into the global phenomenon of julian tina i'm sheena my pronouns are she her
1: Hi everyone, excited to be here. Monica McCowan, my pronouns are she, her as well, and I am a lesbian author and Juliantina super superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast, but uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of.
0: When we left off last time, we had a very beautiful moment where Lupe basically told Jules that she approves of her relationship with Val. And it was a very touching mother-daughter relationship moment. We also had a thing where Beltran tried to take advantage of being alone with Lupe and tried to rape her, but he got hit over the head when Jules came home unexpectedly, and then he was bleeding profusely, and eventually Panchito came home, and it was this big thing. And through that whole process where he got whacked, and he was unconscious, and things were bleeding, he actually came to again and then actually apologized and called Jules his daughter. Yeah, and very
1: poetically, I think she hit him with a liquor bottle. Yes. And he was drunk too, which absolutely doesn't excuse it. But I think from the point of the show, they're kind of using that as, I don't want to use the word excuse, but yeah, he got drunk for whatever reason. I don't know if he was drunk when he came over or got drunk while he was there. But kind of, oh, he wasn't in his right mind type of deal. So when he came out of it, or when the hit kind of jarred him out of it, he was remorseful, which I'm not super sympathetic to. But I think the the viewer is kind of supposed to be.
0: Yes, I think that this is the beginning of his redemption arc, his finding himself. Because you mentioned last time that the thing that was bleeding wasn't actually his head where he got hit, but the butterfly tattoo or something. Which has something to do with death.
1: Yeah, like the birthmark that they now all share. But, I mean, don't be too easy on him because he's going to do something else messed up. He's still going to be a catalyst for forcing Hoolz and Val apart. But he is one of the main characters on the show. So they're trying to make him nuanced. It was also a very touching scene where Val
0: was feeling sad and her brother uh, stayed over to watch TV with her and just comfort her. Now we cut to today's episode starts with Ava in bed crying and Val walks in. Val's really concerned and asks, what's going on? Are you okay? Is it the baby? You know, Val is very sweet and very concerned about everybody. And Ava's like, no, no, it's nothing to do with the baby. And she's just crying. Now, we don't actually know why Ava's crying.
1: Well, I think it's probably that like the baby most likely isn't Mateo's. I mean, maybe. It was yeah. doing a bunch of shady stuff. So I think that's all starting to come down on her. I feel like we would know if you're watching the full show and not the Juliantina Tina storyline, we would know. So again, this is just one of those contextual lapses that we don't have because we're only watching their scenes. Um, and we only saw this because Val had the opportunity to be supportive and kind of went to her sister who pushed her away. But the point is Ava's gone through it too. Her story arc is building and falling apart the same way everybody else's kind of is as well.
0: She also ignored a phone call from someone I didn't see who that was.
1: I didn't recognise the name.
0: Okay. It could have been Soul Patch, maybe.
1: Yeah. And that's not his name, but it would make sense that she had him in her phone as a different name. Because you don't want like the name of a guy who's a cartel leader.
0: Or like some dodgy associate or something. We don't actually know. But now we get to the important stuff. So we cut now to Val's hands as she's looking up Jules' phone number on her phone. And you can see she really wants to dial her. So then we zoom out and we can see her face now. And somebody comes up behind her and puts their hands over her face. And she looks so hopeful for a second that this is Jules.
1: Yeah. They do this intentionally. Like, you know that when people are watching this, anybody that's watching for Julian and Tina, like they thought and hoped that this was Juliana coming to her. And it is not.
0: No, it's that
1: friend of theirs. Maya? Of yeah.
0: So she doesn't play a huge role in this arc, but she's been seen around a couple of times. And so they're talking about stuff and Val saying she's concerned about her sister.
1: I was very concerned when this happened that they were going to... Hook up, or at the very least, that Val is gonna kiss her. But I think that more so than anything, she's there because of Gie's storyline, or maybe just there to be a friend to Val. Because at this point, you know, Val doesn't want to talk to Sergio because he slept with Juliana. She doesn't really want to talk to Juliana because it hurts too much. Lucho has just died. Gie is there for her, but he and Renata are kind of off doing their own thing.
0: Why would you suspect she would kiss Val? Why was that a worry for you?
1: Because something very similar happens in Winona Earp where Waverly and Nicole are fighting and Waverly hangs out with Rosita and they're in a hot tub and they end up kissing just because one of them is, you know, Waverly is feeling badly about her fight with Nicole and it makes sense contextually we don't need to get into the whole reasons of why it happened but if you're looking to kind of stir up drama the idea of just getting lost in a moment I think I could have seen the show going in that direction
0: I'm so glad they didn't
1: right me too and I think that more so that woman I think her name is Maya I think she's there because this is a way to insert her into the situation so that she's around with Gia and Renata because yeah, she's in their triangle. So once that kind of became aware.
0: Yeah. And then we see Val in the pool area and Gia and Renata come in and they're chatting to her. And he's in his sunglasses. He's so funny when he walks around indoors in his sunglasses.
1: Okay, but they're not technically indoors. It's like an atrium. It's full of, like, floor-to-ceiling windows. But yeah, he kind of looks douchey. Like, I really like Gia, but he looks like a total douche here.
0: I think he's supposed to be very cool, but, like, I don't know. It just, it doesn't really read that way. Anyway, chick, we're going to call her Maya, because I actually don't know what her name is, if it isn't that. She comes in wearing this rather small bikini. Hugs Gia and Renata, and there's just this real awkwardness between them.
1: Yeah. But if if she wouldn't have befriended Val in that moment, there would have been, like, no reason for her to be there. But I don't know what all the drama is about with them, but that's fine.
0: Especially not in a bikini that makes Gier's eyebrows raise a little bit. Right. She's the only one in a costume in that scene, so it stands out even more. Right. Okay, so now we're on to Jules and Lupe and... I don't know, they've got boxes. Are they packing? Like, what's going on? Yes, they're packing.
1: Because Lucia's coming over. Ah.
0: Lucia arrives. And there's this kind of, like, angsty drumbeat. Like, something's about to happen. I'm not sure why, but she stands there and she looks at Lupe and Lupe looks at her. Do they know each other from previously?
1: Probably... Hakabo has, like, told her something. I don't know how up-to-date she is on the whole switching bodies thing, but really, I think she probably looks so stoic because she has essentially been asked to go there to tell Lupe to leave. Because Chivis doesn't want her there anymore.
0: Right. And that's awkward beyond anything, but, you know, what are you going to do? So Jules brings them, I suppose, suppose it's tea or something and then lupe asks that they're left alone just uh her and lucia so lupe wants to cut straight to the chase doesn't want to make small talk and she's asking about jacob that's right i think i can't remember who told her but somebody told her that he is jules's father
1: probably chameis
0: so i think that might be right so she's coming for information right to the source which you know what good for her so much better than just believing a whole lot of secondhand stories and lupe tells her everything i married chino valdez a disgrace of a man they electrocuted him and then he came back from the dead which just reminds me of that very funny comment she said last time how do you ask for a divorce from a transmigrated zombie anyway so she's telling the whole story now basically not holding anything back
1: and basically affirms that she believes that the man in el chino's body is not her husband
0: right and lucia looks shocked and surprised and and not quite sure what to believe and i don't blame her
1: frankly well also because she's falling in love with hakabo that's i mean they're the two main characters of the show that they're having this huge love story that she's falling in love again with the man she tried to have killed, and he's falling in love with his wife who tried to have him killed in true telenovela fashion.
0: So now we're back with Val and Maya and Renata and Kie, and they're having dinner, and there's like wine flowing, and they're talking about the good old days when they used to go potty all over expensive places, And Renata's obviously never been to these places and the Maya chick is kind of prodding and poking and it's, it's very uncomfortable. And Val is surprisingly unaware of this discomfort. It's very unlike her.
1: No, I think, I mean, I think she is aware because when Renata says she's only, or she was like, I think Cozumel is nice, you know, which is in Mexico, I think. Val's immediately like oh yeah it's beautiful there and kind of keeps the conversation flowing but I think you know in her mind she doesn't automatically assume that if somebody's like telling a story about their past it's meant to dig at Renata so I just I don't think that Val thinks of people as being that duplicitous in the moment and also Val's got a lot going on.
0: Well that is true.
1: But yeah, the whole setup of this is just so she can make Renata feel uncomfortable in their world and is dropping all of these references to places they've gone and essentially their lavish lifestyle that Renata has no experience with. And that she's just very much trying to paint Renata as an outsider in their world, even though Gie, you know, chose her and wants to be with her. But it's very much like the Lucho thing. Like, they've all known each other forever. So even though he chose Renata, Maya is still allowed to come over and just, like, insert herself into their lives and stir up trouble.
0: Yes, they make interesting choices around this and they need to rethink their policies on who's allowed in their home. So we're cutting between this dinner party and Lupe talking to Lucia. And it's pretty much the same thing. Lucia is discovering what Lupe knows This dinner party is entirely about riling up poor Renata.
1: Cross continental stories at this point. They're talking about underground clubs in New York, Rome. Yeah, it's just the whole thing is just to so contrast. And then Maya, Again, I don't know if that's her name, but that's what we're going to call her. She's (laughs) just turning the knife even more. Renata's like, oh, I'm going to go. And she's like, oh, no, you can't. And kind of wants to make her sit there and listen, but Renata's super honest with the situation and she's like, it's fine for you guys to kind of take this walk down memory lane and talk about like your very expensive drunken escapades, but you know, kind of, she has nothing to contribute to this conversation and doesn't really care to listen to it.
0: Right, and she's very frank about it, and it puts a bit of a spanner in the works for um, Maya, who's now backpedaling furiously. Oh, no, no, I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. Ugh, and she's just really being an unpleasant human being. Poor Renata. Good for you, chick. And I'm like, yeah, where the heck are you in all of this?
1: Yeah, and I think that this is one of those, like, if we had watched their storyline, this is a big moment for Renata, standing up to this woman and saying that you know money doesn't buy happiness and even when she makes additional digs at Renata and then she's like I have the life I want I like being a secretary I have the boyfriend I want which is a complete jab at Maya who feels like Renata like took Gae away from her so it's yeah this was like her her moment her big speech moment it's true you can't help but just want to cheer for her a little bit
0: So now Lupe brings Jules into the conversation and says, (laughs) tell her about when El Chino resurrected. Jules is talking about how she's convinced that Beltran is, in fact, her father. Because he has the same way of looking at her, he speaks the same. And it's really difficult. I mean, to come to terms with this idea of somebody's soul being in a different body is... Bizarre to say the least.
1: Yeah, and there's a... What's the word? So, like, everything about this show is rooted in reality, except this element of mysticism. Like, there's... you know, there's no invented animals. No, there's like magic in the sense of what happens to these people. But these are all just normal people going about their lives. So one of the big conversations they're having is grappling with the fact that this could be true. And that's really the cornerstone of the conversation that Lupe, Juliana, and Lucia, The conversation that the three of them have, which is that Lucia is kind of the farthest behind of being able to believe this. And she's asking, you know, how can you believe it? And Juliana is very honest that like she didn't initially. She didn't want to, but she's experienced it. And through experiencing it, that has led her to kind of accept that it has to be a possibility because nothing else makes sense. And the fear she feels when Beltran gets especially violent. Those are things that, they're not magic. She has that visceral response because it's this guy in this body that is her father, and that terrifies her. So they really tie it in well to these very, like, human elements, even though there's this again, I use the word mystical. I don't know exactly what the the correct terminology would be happening around them.
0: Yeah, I think mystical is pretty accurate. So now it's off to dinner, and val pulls gear aside and says to him come talk to me what's going on and she's like and i'm really grateful for everything that you've done and i know that you're back home because of me but i think you need to go off and deal with like your stuff and go be with your little like micro family with renata and have have your life and she's being so oh this is like the next day i think it's like bright sunlight outside
1: Yeah, because I was going to say, I didn't notice those hoop earrings she's wearing before.
0: (laughs) She even says dinner last night. So, yes, it's the next day. And she's saying, you know, you just came out of space. You need to go reconnect with your partner.
1: She says you need your space now that you just came out of space. Important distinction. I mean, out of jail. Sorry. And I think also, you know, there's something about, like, being stuck in the house with all of the family drama like I think she feels like the gift she can give to him is just setting him free because the minute they come back Maya is over there inserting herself into their relationship the same way like Lucho would just show up at the house so I think very much it is kind of foundational to the way they live their lives that they have a a small group of people that are allowed in because of their lifestyle but once you get in you're kind of in it's like a family in that way and sometimes you just need to step away from it so by him coming back to support Valentina he's opened he and Renata and this still kind of new relationship to kind of being on a family scale instead of he and Renata just living their lives and getting back to normal after he's gotten out of jail and everything or out of
0: space if you live in my head (laughs) so what's interesting for me about that conversation is she makes quite a big point of him needing to reconnect with Renata as a couple and I can't help but feel that there's a lot of her feeling that she wants to connect with Jules but she doesn't know how and everything that's happened has left her feeling reeling with stuff and so she's keenly feeling that sometimes you need to connect with your partner because I believe if she hadn't ever had Jules in her life if She'd only been with Lucha. She wouldn't
1: understand that feeling necessarily. Absolutely. I think that's a part of it. And I also think there's something to be said for the fact that she kind of does this, which is push people away And try and deal with situations like this on her own. So I think that, you know, if we're doing a a split of what reasoning went into each, yours is probably 60 to 70%, mine is 30 to 40%. But I definitely think there's a little element of her being sacrificial to try and just, you know, wounded animal on her own.
0: Absolutely. 100% agree with that.
1: What, uh, that new video set you were opening, what, episode set is that 82 to
0: 84
1: oh wow okay
0: yeah we're right at the end monica thank you so much for joining me today we're getting very close to the end of the podcast series we're probably looking at another couple of of episodes and that's kind of sad i'll miss you but hopefully the
1: listeners enjoyed us rambling (laughs) oh god it's really gone off the rails
0: you're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you
1: online? Very socially active online. Uh, just depends on what channel. Uh, so Twitter is my jam. If you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website com. But for sure, if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff, Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you
0: for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.